No AEW Dynamite this week, so how do they fare this Wednesday night in the ratings? We talk about that and review the show next on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. We start NXT off with Johnny Gargano versus Ridge Holland in a second chance match to get into the North American Championship ladder match, Ralph. This was a decent match, but obviously overshadowed by the scary spot that injured Johnny Gargano. He was able to finish the match and won. I'm actually surprised with that spot, the power slam that landed on his head to not only finish the match, but ended up winning too in the process. Yeah, that is about as scary as a spot as you're ever going to see in professional wrestling. And I guess one of the more surprising things was that, you know, WWE did go ahead and show it and they showed it multiple times, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just strange because usually they go to any length in any attempt to try and, you know, cover that type of stuff up or at least um, edit it out, show it from a different angle. And, and they were providing, you know, a, as as legitimate and as clear an angle as possible to see how impactful that move really was. I'm just happy Johnny Gargano is not hurt, seriously hurt for that matter, uh, because that was nasty. That was a very, very nasty spot. And he is lucky to be OK right now. I, I agree. Like he landed right on his head and the reaction from Moro Ronaldo, the reaction from the, the people there, like it looked like Rich Holland wanted to continue the match, but even the ref had to push him a couple times. Like that shows inexperience right there. Like, dude, you hurt him. You should not be trying to pin him or put more offense on him. And actually it reminds me of the conversation that Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart had on the Stone Cold sessions on the WWE network, where they were talking about when, Owen Powell drove Austin and broke his neck. Yeah. You know, Brett said the best thing to do in that situation is to play the crowd, walk away, let him get his bearings, and then let him decide what the next step is. Obviously, Rich Holland probably was never in a situation like this, panicked and thought, oh, let's continue the match. Wrong move. But other than that, I, I think there's still potential there in Rich Holland, but obviously you could tell there's still some green spots. Yeah, certainly. And I think uh, obviously for him, I think he's he's going to have quite a ways to go before the fans are able to get over something like this. And it's not like he did it on purpose or anything like that. So what right. I want people to think I'm saying that, but for right now, he's going to be known as the guy that dropped Johnny Gargano on his neck. Right. Um, and going back to what you were talking about, that was something I actually picked up on. And I was wondering if they stopped the match, restarted it, and taped it from a different point because I noticed that he actually like swung him around from his neck several times. And then when he went to go pin him, you know, sometimes how the wrestlers will take the guy and push his face down yeah, to, to kind of like show like he's, he's, he's the enforcer or yeah. show their dominance. Yeah. He literally did that to him. And I'm like, dude, you just dropped this guy on his freaking neck. Like I, I'm not saying like you need to ease up or anything like that and, and, and make it look like you're weak, but you know, it, it, it's just like, what are you doing here? Yeah. You're pushing the guy and swinging him by his neck after you literally dropped him on his head. Right. Now I know, man, I know there was a stoppage. And from what I heard in the reports was they were trying to edit it to make it seamless. Now the spot itself was part of the picture and picture commercial break. And then they replayed it. So during the replay, that's probably when they smooth out the out of out point and in point, but still very scary spot there. And thank God Johnny Gargano's okay. He moves on to the North American ladder match yeah. uh, this Saturday at NXT TakeOver 30. Someone else that's going to be part of NXT TakeOver 30 is Dakota Kai, and she faces Jesse Kamea in the next match here. Jesse Kamea looks 
fairly familiar here. Looks like one of them masked men or masked women from Retribution, especially when you look at the hair. I don't know if you picked up on that, Ralph. So maybe this putting her on TV to eventually put her on TV as part of Retribution. I thought this match was okay. I thought Jesse Command showed some good offense in this, but at the end of the day, the GTK is the story here that no one has kicked out of it yet. And the return of Raquel Gonzalez after Io Shirai comes in now plays a part. Can Io Shirai go against the odds of not only Dakota Kai, but also Raquel Gonzalez and the, in the corner there for their women's championship match at NXT takeover 30. Yeah. And the reason this was impactful was because she was kept off TV for a little while. So now, you know, that, um, are you, they, they want you to believe that, um, She's got she's she's going to have some sort of involvement now that Dakota Kai has her in her corner. You got to think that she's probably going to get involved and maybe even has a one up here on Io Shirai. So Mm -hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to this match. I've been a big fan of Dakota Kai ever since they turned her heel, because I think that, you know, she was good as a face. But there's just some people who are much better as a natural heel. And she just happens to be one of them. So and I got to I got to say, I'm a big fan of Io Shirai, but I don't know who's going to take that championship home that night. You know, uh, so it, it, it's, it's going to be tough, but that's what you want. You don't want it necessarily to be so clear cut. And you know what? EO is going to win or Dakota Kai. You want it. You want to go into it feeling like anybody can really take it. I mean, EO Shirai hasn't really been on TV outside of prepackaged video sets. But again, that could just be, you know, keep her off TV. And then when she comes on, it's more impactful and then leading to her winning. But Dakota Kai is running hot right now. And I wouldn't be surprised they put the title on her. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. Next up, we have the six-man tag, Legato Del Fantasma against Isaiah Swerve, Scott, and Brizango. I think this match was the best in-ring action of the night. I thought the work of the hot tag with Isaiah Swerve, Scott was good. I think, I think the finish was good where Isaiah Swerve, Scott somehow tagged Tyler Breeze, didn't know it. The ref called it a tag. And then that obviously led to Tyler Breeze getting somewhat of a comeback, but eventually having uh, Santos Escobar getting the pin for the victory, obviously progressing the storyline with Scott and Escobar. And then we have the other two guys of uh, Legato Del Fantasma with Brizango progressing that storyline. We learned that there's going to be a triple threat match. Winner gets the number one contendership for the tag team titles on the pre-show of takeover 30. Well done execution here. And again, the cruiserweight division, I never thought I'd say this, but the cruiserweight division continues to excel on NXT. Definitely have to agree with that. And you already pointed out one thing that I was going to touch upon here. So week after week, we come on here, or mostly me, and I talk about the lack of uh, rule following when it comes to the Dynamite or the AEW tag team division. Now, that's mm-hmm. usually when it's just a straight-up tag team or whenever you have like these three-way, four-way tag matches, whatever, whatever the case may be. The one thing that I think they did really well here, and, and I picked up on this really early in the match, the most over guy I would say on that, the face team, if you want to call it the face team uh, out of the three guys to me is, for, is Isaiah Swerve Scott. Yep. They kept him essentially out of the match and built it up to the point where if there were, were fans there and there was a crowd, he was the guy that was going to get the hot tag and he was going to have the comeback and he was going to get the reaction, the big pop for the comeback. That is something that I think AEW tries to work towards, but they just don't have it down right now. And what I mean by that is they they get too involved with 
all over the place. You know, you got too many guys in the ring and, and that had, they had this in this match, but I think they, they go to certain lengths to protect the integrity of the, of the rules. And I guess an example of that would be, yes, you're going to have times where there's two or three guys in the ring, but they go in, they do their move and then they're out of the ring and they go to lengths to protect that by, you know, whether it's two extra guys in the ring, someone else comes in from the other team, clotheslines the other guy over the top rope. They do things to make sure that if it is going to be where there's extra guys in the ring, not just the legal men, they're protecting it by getting those people out of the ring one way or another. So I like that they actually do that and try to protect the rules and maintain it because sometimes I feel like when I'm watching Dynamite, I truly get lost with who's legal, who's not legal because they're so intent on blatantly just getting their spots in where the rules just go out the window and it's like the ref is meaningless. And, right. and I think that in this match, it really helped solidify that they go to good lengths to protect that. And I like the fact that they did work the hot tag, which you pointed out which with Isaiah Swerve Scott. And not only that, they even enforced a tag to work into the finish because while Isaiah Swerve Scott did bump into Tyler Breeze, it did look like Breeze was trying to tag and that's why the ref called it a tag. Whereas, you know, in AEW... You got guys that just blind tag without, I know there's no tag ropes in AEW, but like they're really reaching to tag. And there's like, like you said, there's just no enforcement in the tag rules with certain referees. And it yeah. just, it just really hurts that division that really should be. And it, and I mean, it still is the best division in or best tag division in pro wrestling, in my opinion. But it could be so much better if they just enforce rules. It doesn't yeah. have to be exactly by the book like WWE's rules. But just enforce them. You no, know? and, th- and that, that's what I'm saying. A lot of times you get the guys that are just going to go in there to get their spots, and it's so blatant. Like, they're not even trying. They're not trying to find ways to protect that there's an actual set of rules that they're supposed to be abiding by. Yeah. And, and it's, it's obvious. If you're somebody who compares the two matches, I mean, it's blatant that they're not going to do that in AEW, and that's okay. Their fans, sometimes they, they are open to that, and they just want to see the car crash style matches. And yep. if that's what they want, that's what they want. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I think that it would be more effective and the spots would be more effective had they followed the rules a little bit more. Right. All right, let's move on to the next segment here. It is the face-off between Pat McAfee and Adam Cole setting up their match at NXT TakeOver 30. Ralph, you, you, you I see your face here on the Zoom meeting. Your thoughts on this promo from Pat McAfee. Oh, man. If this was a football, Pat McAfee was punting that son of a bitch straight through the uprights. This was awesome, and it was awesome because it caught everybody by surprise. Who would have thought a guy that is not a professional wrestler was going to be able to come out and cut a promo like that? This was so good on so many levels. I loved it. Going into this, did I want to see the match? I was like, you know what? It's on a takeover. I guess there's a little intrigue. That right there. That is a segment that literally sells you that I'm emotionally invested. I want to see it now. I'm interested. I want to see Pat McAfee get his ass kicked. And that's what you want. I don't know who was supposed to be the heel and who was supposed to be the face. But McAfee's the heel. Well, it's obvious now, but going into it, Adam Cole, the Undisputed Era, they've been heels forever. And it's kind of like, you know, are you supposed to cheer for this guy? Obviously, back in the day, which we were there, Bam Bam Bigelow was supposed to be the heel and LT was supposed to be the sports guy that was supposed to come into wrestling and beat the professional wrestler. Yes. So you never know what dynamic they're really going to try to go with these types of things. They did it with Mickey Rourke and Chris Jericho back in the day, too. Back in the day, but not too long ago. Um, 
this was awesome. Pat McAfee cut a fucking awesome promo. I texted you. I said, how is it that a guy who's never stepped foot in a professional wrestling ring can go out there and cut a promo than so many better than so many other wrestlers that, that literally do this for a living. I mean, it was, it was good. It was really freaking good. And it took, it caught me by surprise. The other thing that I love about this, Pat McAfee went out there with his, his group and he made it a point to tell Adam Cole, like, look, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to beat you. And I've only got two weeks to prepare for this. Adam Cole sat back. He didn't make it seem like it was a big deal. And you know why that was great? Because he shouldn't feel intimidated. This is his world. You're, it, it's now an outsider stepping into his ring. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, Conor McGregor going into a boxing ring against Floyd Mayweather. Like Mayweather, the whole time, he's like not nervous about it. He Because he knows, like, you're coming into my world. So literally, hold the Undisputed Era, you know, clear the ring. As soon as he was, uh, Pat McAfee was done cutting his promo, he walked right over to him, didn't have to explain a whole lot, didn't have to say a whole lot. He just literally told him, I'm going to make you my bitch. And it was fucking great. This was off the charts good. I loved it. It would have been the best segment, even if there was a dynamite last night. Yeah, I agree. It was a very good promo by Pat McAfee. I was a little surprised on how good it was. It actually made me think, okay, did they script this for him or is he just going off the cuff? And they gave him bullet points. Like, I, I really don't know to what extent they, they gave him, what kind of leash they gave him with that promo. If he did that completely off his head without any script, that's what's missing in pro wrestling, folks. That is what's missing. To, like Everyone's talking about, oh, WWE scripts promos. You know why? Because most of the guys suck at promos. They need this yeah. stuff scripted because they suck at it. I mean, and even if that was scripted though i mean the delivery everything the cadence the way he went about it his mannerisms the confidence that was in his voice like yep and, and you know he even kind of touched on this and and the thing that took this promo to the next level was the level of confidence he had in himself to go out there and deliver that type of promo yep. and the fact that he touched on look this may be your world and he talked about the you know guys like you and i whoever the internet fan wrestling fan he touched on that you know that's going to drive people crazy but he just pointed out, he's like, look, I'm just a better human than you. I'm at, I'm, I'm, I'm at a level above you that you're never going to get to. I've made X amount of millions of dollars. I mean, there's so many things that made this promo so good. Um, the thing that really kind of made the moment a little funny was, I don't know if you picked up on this, when he threw the microphone at Adam Cole, yes. somebody from the crowd yelled wide, wide left or wide yeah. right. Yeah. Yep, so, wide left, yeah. But no, I mean, it, it, and I think a lot of times, People are so quick and you and I can probably be thrown in this group, but people are quick to throw shade at WWE and crap on whatever WWE is going to do. And sometimes you just got to trust that, you know what, they might know what they're doing here. And I don't know how good or how bad this match is going to be, but I know that last night certainly sold me on it. And I got to give kudos to Triple H and Adam Cole and whoever else was involved in planning this because that segment was great. Now, here's the question. Coming off that segment, is that the main event of TakeOver 30 or is it still Cross and Keith Lee? Because all they got was a video package. Yeah, they did. And, and I think that the, I'm, I'm always a guy that, that says the heavyweight championship, and we touched a little bit on the prestige of championships in our last video. To keep, the rel to keep a title relevant and to keep it prestigious, I think that the, the heavyweight championship should always main event a pay-per-view. The yep. only time I ever felt it shouldn't is if it was uh, the Undertaker streak was still intact and he was going to close the night at WrestleMania. 
that would be the only thing that I would think should be at that level. Yeah. Um, but I, I always feel like the heavyweight championship match should close the night. Well, I mean, though, at WrestleMania 11, that show we went to, Bam Bam versus LT was the main event. And LT had his posse of former NFL superstars. You got McAfee mm-hmm. with his former NFL superstars like AJ Hawk and Darius Butler. And you have the Undisputed Era playing the role of Money Incorporated. I would not be surprised if that main event, NXT TakeOver 30. The only thing it's missing is it's not at the Hartford Civic Center. That's true. Yeah. And there is no Psycho Sid. There's no Psycho Sid. But moving on, next up, we have Rhea Ripley and Shotzi Blackheart going up against Mercedes Martinez and Aaliyah. Just like the six-man tag, the focus here was keeping Rhea Ripley and Mercedes Martinez apart. And when they did, it focused that that was the focus of the finish where Rhea Ripley, she does that powerbomb spot. And I'm just thinking, oh, she's going to slam her against the glass. Like we've seen multiple times in WWE on the main roster. But then I forgot there's no glass at that spot in the full sail. So she throws her over the railing. And yes, it was edited. I understand that. But she throws her onto the concrete floor. You got Robert Stone overselling like the buffoon he is, leading to Aaliyah being cornered. Riptide, splash, win for Ripley and Blackheart. Obviously, this is leading to a one-on-one between Ripley and Mercedes Martinez. Surprise, at at least at this moment when we're recording, that this is not on the card for NXT TakeOver 30. Surprise with that. I'm guessing they're going to leave that for the next episode of NXT next week. But, you know, obviously it creates that I want to see Ripley versus Martinez moment. See, I, I agree with you. I definitely think that this should be on TakeOver, but I disagree in the fact that they're building towards... Well, they're certainly building towards this match, but it's kind of like the beginning of the match, Martinez and Rhea Ripley started. Rhea Ripley took her down, pounded on her for a little bit. She tagged out. The next interaction we saw between the two was her getting... Uh, Martinez getting power bombed, like you said. So why should we believe that Martinez is even at the level of Rhea Ripley right now? You know, so... I, it didn't leave me wanting more. You know, I thought there was a lot of interaction, especially when you leave Martinez, somebody who I guess they're trying to build her up to be, the, I guess, the equivalent of Aria Ripley. If she's laying there on the ground after being power bombed, you know, what? okay, well, how are you, you going to sell us that she is the equivalent, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I think that this is a match that I, I'd be surprised if it didn't get added to TakeOver. I actually just saw something that I guess Thatcher... And Finn Balor was added, so I don't yes, know if you're aware of that. But um, who knows? Maybe this match will get added. Uh, I, I am. I do. I did want to see this match prior to last night, um, but I think that the closing segment of that match to me was just kind of took me out of it a little bit. All right. Well, I, I kind of see where you're coming from with that, but still, I, I want to see it because Rhea Ripley's very good, and Mercedes Martinez is very good. So I think they would have a still great match. And I'd have to double check and see if they ever met in the Mae Young Classic. I believe they did, but I'll have to check back. And I'm sure people in the comments will correct me if I'm wrong. But main event time, Ralph. And we're just going to focus on the wrestling. We're going to focus on the on-air content, not the stuff that people are talking about on Twitter. Leave that to Twitter. Velveteen Dream versus Finn Balor. This was a very long match. I think it went through two commercial breaks. You got Cameron Grimes on the on the top of the ladder, distracting both guys. Then you have Johnny Gargano coming in, and you have Bronson Reed coming in, Damian Priest, all this chaos. 
it kind of reminded me of that go home angle to invasion where like everybody came out and did finishers on everybody, except it wasn't as well executed as that segment. That might've been the best finish to an episode of SmackDown ever. This was definitely not that. Velveteen Dream does get the win after interference by Timothy Thatcher. We now know that Balor will be facing Thatcher at TakeOver 30. And we know that Velveteen Dream is going to be in the ladder match for the North American Championship. But the closing shot is of Bronson Reed with the North American title as we go to black. Your thoughts? Uh, Well, I guess I could start with the chaos of the match because that's really where I checked out. I don't necessarily mind a long long match as long as it's entertaining and as long as it's good. I understand that they have to get the commercial breaks. And so I don't mind that so much. Once all the chaos started breaking out to me, that's where it kind of took me out of the match and and lost my um, investment. And I guess you could say it that way. And the reason for that is this. I mean, I feel like every time there is like a Royal Rumble match that's going to take place or there is a Survivor Series or you have like an NXT versus SmackDown, Raw versus SmackDown, uh, anything like anything that involves more than one on one and like a group setting match, ladder match, something. Mm -hmm. This always happens. This is how Raw ends. This is how SmackDown ends. And it's just like it's so overplayed. Like, yeah, I, I, I. I just have, I've been a fan for a long time and I've seen this happen so many times over the years that once these things happen, it's kind of like we're getting this again. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like they do this far too much. And it's not just on NXT, but it happens everywhere. Raw, SmackDown, it's been happening for years. Yeah, I definitely see that. They do play certain crutches over and over and over again with certain storylines and like their go-home, especially their go-home angles. Pull apart brawls, chaotic finishes you know they they all have their their thing that they do and this is just another one that like i obviously they want to protect finn balor in losing so obviously that's why timothy thatcher gets in they want to showcase everybody in that ladder match that's why everybody comes in i I think you could have done that without it really affecting the match itself and the fact that it was all this happening during the match you're you're just losing focus on what matters is Finn Balor versus Velveteen Dream, who is going to win? So, I mean, overall, the match, like I said, was it was even a little too long to begin with. Like, they had to fill that time to get to 10 o'clock, I felt like, too. And it just, they could have cut out maybe one entire segment to put something else in there that, you know, but it is what it is. So, so no, no AEW Dynamite, Ralph. Right. So it makes you wonder how the ratings look. Now, Mind you, there was also the Democratic National Convention going on. There was also the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs. So obviously, NXT could take somewhat of a hit here. But the ratings are in. And in the 18 to 49 demographic, they actually went up. They went up from a 0.16 last week to a 0.24 this week, jumping them from 53rd to 23rd in that demographic. The 50-plus demo we didn't have last week, but this week they actually went up with a .42. And in total viewership, they went from 618,000 to 823,000 total viewers. So obviously, there were some fans that did not watch AEW Dynamite this week for not being on. That carried over into NXT. So obviously, I think this is an obvious case where we know there is some kind of crossover between AEW Dynamite and NXT. 
There are fans that watch both, whether that's through the DVR after Dynamite's over or they flip back and forth. It's definitely there. And I think this shows you that. And hopefully these type of numbers are reciprocated on Saturday night with AEW Dynamite. Saturday is going to be very interesting. You know, we're going to, well, obviously you've got, you've got takeover, you've got dynamite. I know UFC is running a card. I got to imagine there's probably some baseball going on and things like that too. So I don't know. I, I don't know what, how this is going to all translate, but it certainly is going to be interesting. And I'm, I actually, I, I plan on watching takeover and then DVRing AEW, but um, we'll see. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, there's going to be a lot of wrestling that we're going to have to cover. Usually we do the the covering on Thursday nights between the four hours of wrestling. But I guess Sunday is going to be where the War Room moves over to. So special edition, special edition of the War Room. So make sure you subscribe and hit that bell for notifications. So you don't miss out on our Sunday episode of the War Room where we compare AEW Dynamite and NXT TakeOver 30. Don't forget to share this all over social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, SCPB Podcast. And we'll talk to you all on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psychobabble.